Welcome. You're listening to the podcast of First Church in Woodland, California, Pastor Timothy Wisnett. We're so glad you could join us. And we pray that this message you're listening to today is a blessing to your day. And I want to invite you also to visit us online at firstchurch.app to get connected with us and learn about our service and upcoming events. And uh, we hope that we can connect with you and see you soon. To somebody, amen. Second Samuel chapter 5 beginning, um, let, let's start at verse 20. And David said unto Baal Perizim, and David smote, and David came unto Baal Perizim, and David smote them there and said, The Lord hath broken forth upon mine enemies before me as the breach of waters. Therefore, he called the name of that place Baal Perizim. And there they had left, there they had left their images, that's their idols, their false gods. And David and his men burned them. I'm not going to preach this, but this is important. When you get a victory, don't be a collector of what they worshiped. You, you got to burn what they worshiped. Amen. Amen. Verse 22, and the Philistines came up yet again and spread themselves in the valley of Rephim. And when David inquired of the Lord, he said, thou shalt, thou shalt not go up, but fetch a compass behind them and come up on them over against the mulberry trees. Everybody say the mulberry trees. Listen to this. And let it be, when thou hearest the sound of a going in the tops of the mulberry trees, that then shalt thou bestir thyself. For then shall the Lord go out before thee to smite the host of the Philistines. And David did so as the Lord commanded him, and he smote the Philistines from Geba until thou come to Gazer. Amen. Listen to verse 24 again. And let it be when thou hearest the sound of a going, then thou shalt bestir thyself. When you hear the sound of a going in the mulberry trees, then I want you to stir yourself. For then the Lord shall go out before thee to smite the host of the Philistines. Amen. I want to preach for a little while this morning on this thought. I hear the sound of a going. I hear the sound of a going. Look at somebody and tell them, I hear the sound of a going. I feel a jailbreak. I hear the rumblings of victory. I hear the sound of a going. Hallelujah. Why don't we lift our voices and worship the Lord right now, Jesus. Thank you for your presence in this place. Thank you, Lord, for your great and your mighty anointing. 
Lord, I thank you for the liberty that we've had in this worship service. I pray you would anoint each and every one of us, oh God, to be hearers and doers of your word. Lord, I pray that before we leave this place this morning, that there would be tremendous breakthrough, Lord, that there would be tremendous healing and deliverance, oh God. Lord, I believe salvation can even come into somebody's life today. In Jesus' name we pray, and everyone said amen. And I want you to take just a moment and lift up your voice to the Lord one more time. Come on, let's tell the Lord how wonderful. somebody one more time and tell them I hear the sound of a going amen God bless you you can be seated amen David had waited over 20 years since the time he had been anointed in the desert until the time that the crown of the entire nation of Israel had fallen upon his shoulder upon his head he had been anointed in 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 a pasture if you would as all of his brothers passed before Samuel and God not choosing any one of them. The prophet looks at Jesse, the father, and says, surely you've got another son because God sent me here to anoint one of your sons as king. And uh, as an afterthought, Jesse said, oh yeah, that's right. I, I do have an another son. He he's out in the field tending to sheep. And so his father uh, says to one of his brothers uh, or one of his sons, go and fetch your brother and bring him in here that the man of God uh, can see him. And you know the story, David walks in before the man of God and even Samuel begins to question, is this really the one that you choose? Is this really the one that you want? And, uh, and God said, that's exactly the one I want. I can see Samuel reasoning in his mind. Well, he isn't as strong as his brothers. He's not as good looking. He's not as fit. I don't know that he has the intellect to be a king. After all, he's been a shepherd. He's only just a teenage boy. And then the Lord speaks to the prophet and says, well, man looks on the outside, but I look at what's on the inside. And what he was saying was, Samuel, you would have chosen someone else based Based on stature. That's what Israel did with Saul, head and shoulders above everybody else. But just because he looked the part didn't mean that he was the part. So God said, I'm going to anoint somebody that it starts, their love for me starts on the inside. Amen. Uh, the, the prophet had never heard David sing his psalms of love to the Lord. David had, uh, uh, Samuel had never heard uh, of David as he would write poetry about how much he desire to be in the house of God but that old prophet lifted the horn of all and poured it on top of that teenage boy's head and it would be some 20 years, almost 20 and a half years from the time that that warm oil hit the top of his head until the time that the crown of a united Israel would be placed upon his head. You see, there had to be 20 years of testing between the calling and the crown. 
We want, we want the crown as soon as we're anointed, but there is a time of testing that goes between the calling and the crown. I want to encourage you here this morning. I know you may feel you're in a time of testing this morning, and I don't know how long it's going to be, but I'm telling you there's going to be a crown of righteousness that the Lord shall give us on that day if we find ourselves faithful in the day-to-day battle. I want to encourage you that it's more. Your life is more than the sum total of what you see around you or what you see when you look in the mirror. Amen. But this life is but a testing ground for the day when Christ himself will place a crown upon those that have been faithful to him. Can you say amen? David went through this time and I I, I don't want to rehearse all of David's stories but David went from fighting a Goliath uh, fighting a giant named Goliath before that fighting um, uh, and killing a lion and a bear and there's a misunderstanding that that David did that uh, with a slingshot only but David said he used his own hands amen to kill those animals he was a young man but he was fierce and he stands before a giant named Goliath when their own king was cowering in in his tent and all of the armies of Israel were in their trenches and they were quivering at the sound of this giant. There was a young man who, who said, you know what? Uh, I, I'm tired of listening to the kingdom of God being assailed upon by this man. I, I'm tired of hearing my God mocked by, by this Philistine. I, I'm not going to sit here and take it anymore. And so David jumps up and says, uh, you, you know, uh, we can sit here and we can cower and we can shake in our little tin can armor if we want to, but God is on our side. And who would we be to let to let this Philistine defy the armies of the living God? In other words, David was saying, I don't know why you're all getting punked out. I don't know why you're all acting like chickens. You're the army of the living God. You represent the God of heaven on the earth. How dare you cower and hide? How dare you be afraid? I'm not but a lad. I'm just a mere 15, 16 year old boy, but I'm not afraid to fight that giant. I believe there is a fight rising up inside the people of God that says I may not have the lineage, I may not have the heritage or the pedigree. I may not have everything that I think I need. But what I do have is the power of the Holy Ghost. And what I do have is the authority of his name. And what I do have is the assurity of his word. And if there's going to be a fight, baby, I'm going to wade out into the middle of it. And I'm going to get busy fighting for the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. And so David, David, you know the story, runs out onto the battlefield and uh, uh, there with his sling and his stone, he is able to take down uh, a man, a nine and a half foot giant with just a sling and a stone, but that didn't kill the giant. Uh, The Bible said it only knocked him down. And then David had to pick up Goliath's sword, amen, which probably weighed as much as he did. And he picked it up and he severed, amen, the giant's head from off his shoulders. Let me just say this. Pay very close attention to this. Not every enemy you knock down do you knock out. 
Amen. You, you, need, you need to spend more time making sure that that thing is dead rather that it might not get up again and come after you again. And so David did something, amen, that a lot of us have missed for a long time. He picked up the sword and he cut off the head of his enemy because he didn't want the enemy to get back up again and have time to recover. Listen to me. There's some things you've knocked down in your life. There's some things you've gotten the victory over in your life, but it seems like they keep circling themselves around every now and again. You ought to pick up the sword today and say, I'm putting an end to this thing once and for all. I'm not letting this thing back up. I'm not going to let that temptation come back into my life. I'm not going to let that situation keep rolling around and trying to intimidate me and knock me down. I am a child of God. I have the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and I'm going to use it to defeat God's enemies. Amen. And so David, David then moves on from that port until Saul, the, the reigning king, um, whom the Bible said had an evil spirit that had been sent upon him by the Lord. And he was tormented by this evil spirit. And so Saul, the Bible says, asked David to move in, in into the palace. And there David was, was really nothing more than just a, a musician. And uh, this may shock you, but they didn't have, they didn't have um, iPhones back then. They didn't have, uh, remember the iPod? They didn't have the iPod. They didn't even have an old jukebox. Amen. They didn't have any of that stuff. All they had was David and his harp. If you wanted music back in those days, you, you had to either know how to play or be wealthy enough to pay people to play. And so the Bible said when this evil spirit would begin to torment Saul that David would come in with his harp and he would begin to play and, and it would soothe Saul so that spirit uh, would cease to torment him. Amen. I, I want you to know something that true worship that goes before the Lord has a way of bringing the peace of God in every situation. H having a heart of worship to the Lord has a way of soothing the torment even of those that are around you. Amen. Next time you go into your job, I'm not asking you to do anything to get you fired, but if there's a lot of torment going on in that job, you need to walk in and in your spirit, you need to worship the Lord. If you can get there a few minutes before, you're, before anyone else and walk through the office and give God worship, it will begin to calm down the spirits in that arena. And David did that, but it raised jealousy up in Saul. You know this story. And so David goes on the run because Saul is now wanting to kill him. Amen. And he goes on the run for about uh, one year and four months or one year and nine months. Somewhere in there he's running from Saul. And this whole time he's running with an anointing on his life. This whole time he can still feel the all of that anointing upon his head. Amen. I'm certain that he kept the garment from which the all fell upon his head and soaked his shoulders. I can see him carrying that scarf with him everywhere he went. It, it, it had been stained and discolored by the anointing that the prophet had put upon his life. And it didn't matter where he went. He wanted to take that proof and that residue of anointing in his life. I want to challenge you this morning. You need to hold on to the residue of anointing in your life. You need to clutch within your grasp the promise of God 
that is yea and amen. And when the enemy of your soul comes against you, you need to cling a hold of that scarf and say, there was a day that God said it will be and I'm going to believe that it shall be. Every sure word of prophecy, you need to get a white knuckle grip a hold of it and say, God said it. I may be running. I may be in a battle. I may feel like I'm in the darkest hour ever, but I've got a hold of an anointing and I didn't get it, but God gave it. God gave, I didn't go seeking it. God sought me. Amen. It's easy through the events in the chorus of life. It's easy to drop that anointing. It's easy to put it upon a shelf or put it in a shadow box and hang it on a wall as a trophy of the potential God promised in your life. But I'm encouraging somebody this morning, you need to unfurl that shawl. You need to wrap it around you again. You need to claim that word that God gave you seven years ago, two years ago, 38 years ago, You need to clutch it with everything you have and say, I may not be where I want to be right now. I may not feel like I want to feel. I may be in the fight of my life, but I'm still holding on to what God promised me. Amen. If God said it, that settles it, and I believe it, and I'll stand upon that word. But David, you're hiding in a cave. It doesn't matter. He's still anointed. But David, you've lost everything you own. It doesn't doesn't matter. I've still got the promise of the anointing. Amen. Amen. I, I, I need to move quickly along. And so we know the story how David is running. Amen. And every, everyone knew it, 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 was, it was not a secret. Everyone knew that David would be the successor to the throne of, of Saul. And Saul hated him for that. Amen. Because Saul wanted his lineage to set up on the throne uh, for, for, for the, the future of the history of Israel. And uh, so there was the time that came when Saul and Jonathan... Jonathan being the best friend of David and the son of Saul. There was a time that that they were slain in battle. Amen. And uh, there they lied dead upon the heights. And and you would think that David would rejoice in this because now he can unite, amen, the the nation states of Israel from Judah uh, to Simeon to Reuben to Dan, amen, to all of the different tribes that he could unite them and, and become a one solidary nation of Israel. And you would think that David would be excited at the news that that the man who sought to kill him, that put him on the run, uh, was finally dead, but the Bible said a messenger came to him rejoicing and let him know that not only Saul but his son Jonathan uh, were slain upon the tops of, I believe it was Mount Gilboa, and there they lay dead. And the Bible said David was so wounded in his spirit that he took out his sword and he drove it through the man that came to happily proclaim uh, that his nemesis has been removed. There David rents his clothes and says we are going to go to Gilboa and we're going to bury the bones of Saul and of Jonathan and those infamous words ring out through the valleys of Judea as David says O Israel how thy glory lay slain in the heights and there he begins to proceed to have a proper royal funeral for both Saul and his son Jonathan and but it wasn't over then because Abner who was the first or 
second cousin of Saul, who was the commanding chief general of the armies of Israel, rose up in a rebellion and said, no, we're going to keep this crown in the bloodline of Saul. And so Abner, the chief general of the armies of Israel, sought to destroy David. Amen. I've got to lay this foundation so you can see this. And Abner begins to fight against David. David's life seemed to be one battle after the other. It seemed to be one fight after the other his entire life. Somebody was chasing him or he was chasing somebody. And then the day comes when Abner is then killed. And David had to fight his own army. His own kinship, his own blood had turned against him to have to fight to be able to establish the promise of God in his life. And just as David ascends to the throne and he is crowned the king of all Israel, he is now king not just of Judah but of all the tribes and he has finally united the nation of Israel. The Bible says the coronation ceremony had not long ceased before the Philistine armies rose up and said, I think this would be a good time to take their new king out. I think this would be a good precedent that we need to set to remove the king from out of the nation of Israel. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Amen. Yeah, Israel is shouting and rejoicing that God has not only given them a king, but God has given them a king to which he had ordained 20 years previously he had anointed. I want to tell you something. Just because you get what God's promised doesn't mean the enemy's going to back off of you. Just because you do what God asked and God gives you that which you seek for does not mean that the enemy is going to back off of you. As a matter of fact, it actually means what the enemy's going to do is then put a bullseye on you because he would like nothing more than to rob you of the victory that God has brought in you. I'm preaching to somebody this morning. Amen. I want you to know something. There is no reprieve in the army of the Lord. The enemy is always going to be opposing you. The enemy's always going to be fighting you. Pastor, I just need a reprieve. I just don't want to fight anymore. It seemed like every time David didn't go to battle, there was always a mess up in his life because God had made him not only to be the king, but also the captain of God's army. I want you to know something this morning. I know you're in a fight and we all are. You're in a struggle and we all are. But I want to encourage you. God has built you for the battle. God has made you for the fight. God has ordained you for the battlefield. God did not save you to set you upon a plush chair as a counsel to the king. But God saved you and put a sword in your hand and a shield upon your arm. And we are in the army of the Lord. I know sometimes we can get battle fatigue. I know sometimes you can be weary. But the Bible says if you'll not be weary in well-doing, in due season you will reap if you faint not. Let me encourage you, soldier of the Lord. I know you may be getting up there in age. I know you've been praying that prayer a long time. But it's time to get back on the battlefield. Nothing good happens in the palace when the armies are surrounding the nation. of You need to get on the battlefield and start praying again. You need to get in a prayer room and start fasting again. You need to get in an aisle and start worshiping again. So Israel is surrounded now. 
2 Samuel 5 says that the Philistines came against David and David smote them. The Bible said defeated them so bad that the armies did something that was unthinkable. The Philistines left their idols on the battlefield. And David grabbed them. He and his men, amen, it doesn't matter that they were made of precious gold and stones. The Bible said they burn them. Amen, they got rid of them. There is no trophy. There is no trophy from your defeated enemy that you need to put upon the mantle. Amen. There's no trophy from the victory that you just won that you need to hold on to and extol because it meant something to the enemy. Amen. What you need to realize is it don't mean anything to me. Only thing that means something to me, amen, is that I am in the army of the Lord, that I am serving in the army of God, amen, with Jesus Christ as the captain of my salvation, and I'm going to serve him with everything that I have. So now I want you to watch this. Now the the Philistines have backed up and, and they're trying to regroup themselves because they realize this is a pivotal moment. Israel has been in a civil war for the last year. David has fought against Abner. There's still bad blood in the nation. The Philistines are trying to stoke the ashes and the coals of that simmering civil war. Amen. Because there were those that were not happy that David was king. There were still those in the house of Saul that wanted to see the house of Saul remain in the royal lineage and so the Philistines were not about to walk off they regrouped themselves and they pitched themselves in a battle again against David and the armies of Israel Amen. and they said we're going to take them over there's no better time there's a change of leadership at the top they're just getting over a civil war this would be a great time the armies are fatigued those soldiers are weary Amen. this is a good time to move in and defeat them and then David goes a second time before the Lord because David realized something it's a dangerous thing to go in battle and not know that God did not ordain that battle listen to me some there are some fights you don't need to fight there are some enemies you don't need to battle there are some battlefields that God didn't call you to step on make sure before you unsheathe the sword that God said go up and go up and defeat them and the Bible said the second time David goes up before the Lord and he says Lord should I go up against them and I read these words in your text that God said unto David you will go up and I will go before you and defeat them I want you to compass round about them and when thou hearest the sound of a going in the tops of the mulberry trees. That's going to be your signal that I have went before you and you can go in and pursue the enemy. I think it's beautiful and, 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 and prophetic and poetic. Amen. That that's what God said. He said, I want you to be still until you hear a sound. I want you to crouch down and I want you to hold your peace. I want you to, you're going to have to maintain all of the of the discipline you can as a soldier knowing that the enemy is just across that field and is ready to go to battle and David and his men crept up against the tree line of the mulberry trees and there the Bible said that David told his men he said there's going to be a uniform sound that's going to happen we're not going to blow a trumpet I'm not going to give a command but there is going to be a supernatural divine act that is going to trigger the moment that it is time for us to move forward and defeat the armies of the Philistines
Philistines. David said, the Lord said when we hear the sound of a going. The literal translation means when you hear the sound of shuffling feet. When you hear the sound of a moving army in the tops of the mo- I want you to know something. There is an army that is above us right now. It is the angelic host of the armies of God. I know, I know sometimes, I know we don't talk about this a lot, but I'm gonna tell you something. There is armies of the angels of God that are on the side of the people of God. The Bible said that those angels camp around about those that love and fear the Lord. I've come to tell somebody this morning, you don't gotta fight right now. There's angels moving on your behalf and I hear the sound of a going. I said, I hear the sound of a going. He said, boys, you better hold your peace until you hear the sound of a going. And when you hear that sound, I want you to pursue after the enemy because that sound is evidence that God has went before you. I hear a sound in the Holy Ghost this morning in Woodland. I hear the sound of a going. I hear the sound of a going. I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. I hear the sound of revival. I hear the sound of miracles. I hear the sound of salvation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, I feel it in this place right now. Amen. I I, I don't know about you, but I feel such a confirmation in the Holy Ghost because God, oftentimes, some of the greatest miracles that ever happened, amen, were preceded by a sound. The Bible said that when the valley of dry bones in Ezekiel's day before they became a mighty army, the Bible said, Brother Ryan, that that prophet heard a sound and it was a sound of bones rattling as every bone connected to his bone. There was a sound of the wind that breathed life into the bones of the... I'm telling you, I hear the sound of a going in this place this morning. I hear bones beginning to shake in the city of Woodland, in the county of Yolo. I feel the dead begin spiritually dead beginning to awake because I hear the sound of a going. There's a sound that precedes the battle. There's a sound that precedes the victory. (laughs) I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Look at somebody and tell them I hear the sound of a going. That was in Ezekiel's Valley of Dry Bones. And man, the Bible tells me there was another time that a sound preceded a great demonstration of God's victory for the nation of Israel. And the Bible said it was when the nation of Israel was encamped round and encompassed round about the great towering, intimidating walls of Jericho. The Bible said that God commanded them on the last days, march seven times. And then on the last time, when you hear the, when you hear the, when you hear the, 
of the trumpets. He said, then I want you to lift your voice and I want you to shout. You know the story as well as I do. The Bible said those priests pressed the trumpets to their lips and they blew with everything they had. And when that sound went forth, the people of God began to shout and the walls came. I hear the sound of a going. I hear it in this place. I hear it in the spirit right now. There is a sound that's preceding a miracle. Walls came down and Israel conquered an entire nation. There had been a drought in Israel. And the prophet goes to the top of Carmel and begins to pray, tells his servant, go up, there's nothing. Seven times, on the seventh time, the servant comes down and says, I see a cloud the size of a man's hand. What did the prophet do? He told the servant, he said, I want you to go tell Ahab to get down the mountain and let the rain stop him not. Then what did he say? He said, for I hear the sound of an abundance of rain and it was that rain that would bring a renewal and a revival to the nation of Israel. I'm telling you this morning, I hear a sound that is going on in the spirit right now. You're not going to hear this sound if you're carnal. You're not going to hear this sound if you're just about my little blessing. But if you're about the kingdom, you're hearing a sound and I feel it. I hear a sound in this place. I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. I hear the sound of a going. God is doing something. Even when I don't see it, he's working. Even when I can't see it, I know it's happening. I can hear the sound. I'm not see it but baby I can hear it I can hear the altars filled with backsliders and new ones I can hear the prayer room roaring with intercession I can hear the sound then there was another sound there was another sound that brought the greatest reformation to mankind, spiritual renewal of mankind. The Bible said in Acts chapter 2, they've been praying for 10 days. And the Bible said, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting cloven tongues like as a fire set upon each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost amen as the spirit gave them the utterance the sound preceded the outpouring what I'm trying to get you to do right now is to hear that there is a certain sound that is going on in the spirit world right now I know it's a Sunday morning but I feel a prophetic utterance over this service and over this church. This ain't a service just like any other service. This isn't a gathering like any other gathering, but destiny is upon this service. The hand of God is upon this service. And if you are spiritually in tune, you can echo what I'm preaching to you right now. I hear a sound that's happening in the spirit. I hear a sound of breakthrough. I hear a sound of revival. I hear a sound of rain. Amen. I'm almost done. Amen. What does the Bible say in First First uh, Corinthians? Amen. Chapter number fourteen and verse number eight. 
Paul writes and says, amen, for if the trumpet give an un certain sound who shall prepare himself for battle so if the trumpet doesn't make the right sound then nobody will be prepared for the battle listen to me listen to me first church I am here this morning to give you a certain sound that it is time to put on your armor it is time to get on the battlefield of the Lord you don't got time to play games we ain't got time to get through the and say we'll have revival this fall after awaken there is a sound for battle right now don't you miss the moment there is a sound for battle right now there is a sound of a going in this house come on lift your hands to heaven right now oh I feel his presence in this place I hear the sound come on lift that voice I hear the sound of a going. I hear the sound of a going. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We'll say, Pastor, I know what you may be saying right now. Well, Pastor, I, I, I don't know. I, maybe you hear it, but I, I don't hear it. Amen. And I've come to tell you that some of the last words that Jesus left to be inked in the holy writ of Scripture is found in Revelations chapter number 2 and verse number 7. Jesus says, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit said unto the church. To him that overcometh will I give to eat the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Amen. Then he said it again in verse number 11. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the church. He that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death. Verse 17. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the church. Verse 29, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the church. I hear the sound. Come on, I hear the sound. I feel something about ready to break wide open in this house right now. He didn't stop there. If you jump over one more chapter, chapter 3 and verse number 6. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the church. Verse number 13 of chapter 3 says, you guessed it, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the church. Verse 22, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the church. My God, I feel something stirring in the top of the mulberry tree right now. I hear the sound of a going. I don't know what you need. 
I don't know what you're going through, but I'm preaching to the spirit of First Church, which is the spiritual epicenter of this city and this county. I've come to tell you it's time to get your war clothes on. It's time because I hear a rustling. I hear the shifting of feet in the top of the mulberry tree. And when thou hast hear the sound of a going, you will know that the Lord is God. I hear the sound. I hear the sound. I hear the sound of a going. Make ready yourself for battle. I hear the sound. Come on, I feel it right now. To he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the church. God said, David, when thou hearest the sound of a going in the tops of the mulberry tree, then shalt thou bestir thyself. I'm preaching to the most precious children of God, but let me preach to you for about 30 seconds. It's time for you to stir yourself. Paul told Timothy, stir up the gift. Stir up the gift. You need to stir yourself because there is a sound we haven't come to play patty cake this morning we haven't come to go through formalism or ritualism we haven't come to play church we're here this morning because there's a sound of a going in the top of the mulberry trees I can hear the feet of angels marching before us I hear the sound of a going stir yourself shake yourself there's a sound Come on, I feel it. Go ahead and pray in the spirit for a moment. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. I, I apologize to any guest online that watching this. You may not understand what this is, but you got to understand we're in a battle right now. And there's a sound of a going. We, you wondered this week, are we going to make it through? Am I ever going to get through this? And God sent me to tell you, if you've got an ear, hear what the Spirit is saying. There's a moving in the mulberry trees. There's the sound of a going. you hear me purpose there's a sound of a going it sounds like revival it sounds like harvest do you hear me first church there's a sound of a going it sounds like the abundance of rain I hear the rumblings of victory Oh yes, oh yes. I want you to hear me for just a second. We're gonna get turn this thing loose. Look at somebody and say, I can hear it. Do you hear it? Do you hear it? Any of you people that, that are in tune with the spirit, you hear what I'm saying? You feel that witness in your spirit? I want you to know some Thursday night, 
we went into warfare prayer Thursday night. We're going to do it again Thursday night. I'm going to be here again Thursday night. As a matter of fact, I got a message from some of our folks in the Woodland campus. And what we're going to be doing is, the, and sorry, the Vacaville campus. Vacaville is coming here Thursday night. And we're all going to war together. I said we're all going to war together. The Bible says a friend loveth at all times. Brother, but a brother was born for adversity. You were born for this. We're getting out of the trenches and on the battlefield because there's a sound of a going. I don't want to miss the moment. I don't want to miss the miracle. I don't want to miss the revival and the harvest that's happening because there's a sound in the mulberry trees right now. Something's stirring. Something's shaking. Something's moving. the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus you see what we feel today in this worship service it, 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 that liberty that we feel amen is for the people that have come in have come in in one accord they've come in with one purpose amen the distractions have been pushed to the side and the people of God are united and what you're feeling is even an overflow from Thursday night brother Alonzo Thursday night come here something got a hold of brother Alonzo Thursday night I watched him pray. Hey man, when warfare prayer hit this man, he started shaking his fist. He started praying intercessory prayer. I never seen him pray like that. You want to know what that is? That's my brother. We were born for adversity. We were born for the battle. I hear the sound of a going in the mulberry tree. I hear the sound of a going in the mulberry tree. I feel it. I hear it. You ought to grab a hold of somebody right now and get ready because there's a sound in the mulberry trees. There is a sound of a going. It's happening right now. Come on, get a hold of somebody. You were born for the adversity. You were born to be an overcomer. You were born to be triumphant. what the weapon is I want you to know that I win no matter what the weapon is I want you to know that I win come on brother find yourself another brother no matter what the weapon is come I want you to know that I was made for this fight Thanks again for joining us for this podcast. It's such an honor that we could have you, and we pray you were blessed by the word today. We want to stay connected with you, and so give us a follow on our social media pages on Facebook or Instagram. You can find all of those on our website at firstchurch.app. You can also stay connected with us through that uh, website, and you can download it as an app on your phone from there. And so until the next time, we pray you're blessed. Have a great week in Jesus' name.